Greetings! On behalf of Pastor Joshua Lockett and Triad Christian Center, we welcome you to the Movement Podcast. 2019 is the year of the team player, and Pastor Josh challenges us to connect, join, and serve in the local ministry to advance the kingdom of God. We're glad you're joining us today, so let's tune in to this week's message. You're delivering us, Lord. We thank you that you are the bringer of joy. And Lord, we just pray right now that our hearts are open, that where grief maybe has tried to uh, get in our hearts and get us off track, the Lord, we're coming out of that today, Lord. That Lord Jesus, right now, we're just we just get fresh vision today, Lord. We get fresh hope, Father, in you. Lord, I just thank you that we are always victorious because we are more than conquerors through you, Jesus. And we thank you for that today. We declare right now, Father, I pray the spirit of wisdom and revelation be released. The eye of every heart, flood of light in Jesus' name. Come on, everybody say amen. God oh, is so good. Amen. Glory to God. Well, we're back at it again. We're continuing the series on joy. And uh, today we're going to talk about signs of joy. Say signs of joy. Amen. So uh, we want to go really quickly to 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1. We talked about joy. Uh, first week we talked about joy was faith-driven, spirit-driven. We talked about joy was holy, amen, and those are just some of the things we said. Next week we came, next Sunday we talked about how hope and expectancy is the key to joy. The Bible says in Psalms, um, I believe it's 145, verse 6, it says that those who hope in the Lord, that they are joyful. And so we believe that your expectancy uh, is a key indicator of your joy, and so we, 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 we talked about that on this past week, and uh, we, we go, we're now we're at a place right now where we're going to be talking about signs of joy. Say signs of joy. And so today we're going to just kind of figure out, Lord, do I have this thing called joy? Say, do I have this thing called joy? And it's great to say, you know, mm, I, 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 I think I got it, but we're going to figure out if we really got it. And more specifically, uh, it's, it's actually Psalms 146, verse 5. But more specifically, uh, do I have supernatural joy? And am I full of joy? And again, I want to challenge and I want to come against uh, the spirit of depression that I believe is even trying to get in the church. And, um, and in doing that, I point you to joy. Amen. And so uh, we're going to go really quickly. To, uh, are y'all with me today? Okay. I just want to make sure. Amen. Hopefully you haven't fallen asleep yet. Amen. Second Corinthians 8 verse 1, because I'll wake you up. I throw cold water on you like mama used to do. Amen. How many had parents that did that? I'm bringing back old memories. Amen. Second Corinthians chapter 8 verse 1. Y'all ready? All right. So it says, now I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, what God and his kindness has done through the churches in Macedonia. It says, they are being tested by many troubles, and they are very poor. But, say but, they are also filled with abundant joy. Not abundant sadness and depression. And I also want to say this. I don't want to make, I don't want to make uh, light or make anyone feel as if they are struggling with depression, that you are a low-level Christian. I don't want you to think that because of the church, you should be able to find community and love that whatever you battle with, whether it's anxiety, whether it's the, because all of us probably got something. You know what I'm talking about? And and somebody say, it's just like somebody say, I ain't addicted to no drugs. I ain't, all them drug addicts be going, well, you addicted to Starbucks. Amen. And you see people every morning, amen, that are wrapped around Starbucks sometimes to get some coffee that they can make at their house, amen. And they pay $8 for a five-ounce cup, no. Because they got to have, some people will even tell you, I can't even get my day started till I drink. Now, you know that's a problem. Wave your hand if you know that's true, Amen. Nobody think that's true. Okay. Nobody wave their hand. So, um, 
you know, and so I don't want you to feel like when we say these things, any of us, if we keep traveling on the same road, can end up in these pits. And it's, it's being able to see it, signs, signs, it's being able to see it and cut it off. Because sadness, I would say, is different than depression. Everybody can get sad. Everybody can get grieved. The Bible says God was sorry that he ever made, you know, man. And that's Genesis 7. So sorrow can be holy. But depression, I believe, moves into a place where it's a dead end. And you should never have a dead end if you're in Christ. Because with Christ, you can always overcome. Come on now. When Christ, you are more than a conqueror. Amen. So that is, an, that is a distorted perspective. Can I get an amen? So because it's a distorted, the Bible says we're transformed by the renewing of our minds. So this is not something that we should stay in. We do get sad. But when, here's the thing. Let me put it like this. Is it okay to have feelings and emotions? I don't want to teach and preach a message that says we just put our emotions in the trash can because that's, that's, that's a lie too. Amen. All right. God gave us emotions. And in and of themselves, emotions can be holy. They can be pure. But emotions and feelings should never be our leader. They should be our servants. The Bible says the Holy Spirit gives us self-control. What does that mean? The ability to be able to regulate, just like a, 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 what is it, a thermostat? A thermostat regulates the temperature in this room. The Holy Spirit, watch this, because we can't control ourselves. If you could, then you would need Jesus. Amen. And so you, you, can't, you can only control yourself to the degree God allows you to control yourself. So the Holy Spirit, one of his fruits is self-control. Another way of saying that is what? Temper, temper what? Temperance. So the, the Bible, he gives us control over our inner man so that we won't cuss somebody out. So that we won't fuss somebody out. So that we won't hold up our middle finger. I mean, holy finger, I'm sorry. So that we won't slit somebody's tire. Scratch somebody's car. Walk out the restaurant without pain. Now, you know the Holy Spirit ain't leading you to do that. <clears throat> Cut somebody off on the road. Chase somebody down on the road and drive beside them and point at them like this. These days, you better be careful pointing at people on the road. Because they'll follow you home. And that <laughs> like somebody said, I don't know karate, but I know crazy. Amen. And if you know crazy, make sure it's led by the Holy Ghost. Amen. So, so the Holy Spirit gives us self-control, but also over our emotional state. That's why I believe Paul could tell the church. That's what I venture to say. I just say he could say, rejoice. Again, I say, rejoice. He said, you have control. Because one of the things we'll find out about joy is that joy is under your control. Amen. The Bible says, be full of joy, which means it is a choice. Say it's a choice. So, you know, and then if I say, God, I can't just make myself joyful. I know you're right. You can't. But I can by my spirit. And so the Holy Spirit gives us this ability. So I don't know how I got on that, but just know that it is your choice to release. Oh, yeah. That's one of the things I was saying is that feelings should not be our leaders. They should be our servants. Amen. And so what, what we say, we have a statement nowadays. We say, I got in my what? My feelings. When the Bible says walk in the spirit, not your feelings. Are you with me? Y'all with me? No condemnation. I'm just saying because we can all get in our feelings. And so a lot of times we regret what happens when we get in our feelings. Amen. We have to write a letter, send a text message. Some of us ain't bold enough to call, so we send a text message. I'm sorry. Then you put, then you put the, the, the sad face of the you know, emoticon. I'm sorry. And then you put, I love you. Then you put the heart. That's, that's the first step. But you still got to face them when you get home. Amen. So after eight hours of being at work, God works on your heart, and then he, you're ready to go when you get home. But anyway, long story short, number one, say number one. One of the signs that we have joy is that we give freely. We give freely. Now, don't just think money on this point. We give freely. What does that mean? That means that we seek, number one, let's just read the Scripture, and then we'll go to the points. It says, number, it says, number two, they are being tested by many troubles 
and they are very poor. 2 Corinthians 8, verse 2. They are being tested by many troubles. How many of you ever been tested by many troubles? Not a few, but a lot. Amen. And I believe as you mature in God, you're able to handle more and more. Amen. And it says, and, and, and they are very what? Poor. What do y'all think that means in Hebrew and Greek? What does poor mean in Hebrew and Greek? <laughs> you know what I believe it means? Poor. Y'all are looking for some deep answer. Amen. Say poor. Say poor. Say poor. Okay, the Bible said they were very poor. So I even said they were poor. And so it says they were poor, but they are also filled with abundant. That's where we left off. They are also filled with abundant joy, which has, it has manifested in what? In rich generosity. It's overflow, which means giving. Okay? It means benevolent. It, it means that I am, I am giving out. So it says right here, verse 3, keep going. It says, for I can testify that they gave not only what they could what? Afford. I ain't going to stretch myself too much. Well, what they could afford, but they did what? They went over and beyond. And they did it of their what? Okay, so they give freely. And it says, they begged us. They begged us. They, they, they begged us. Not one time. They said, they begged us a, when is the last time you ran somebody down and begged them again and again to be able to bless them with a, with a new outfit? They begged us. Say they begged us. Now, it's amazing because I know we got a lot of people begging us for some money. Amen. But they're not, they begging to receive, but they're not begging to give. Amen. How many know people like that? Every, every, you know, they come over and they're, they're, they're begging you to let them over their house so they can eat up all your food for Christmas. Amen. But they haven't given you anything all year, year long, but they know how to find your house on Christmas. Can I get an Amen. They invite, they invite themselves to your Christmas. They say, I'm invited, ain't I? I better be invited. Then they try to put the guilt trip on you. You got to let them come. Amen. But they begged us. They begged us again and again for the privilege of sharing in the gift for the believers in Jerusalem. They even did more than what we, than we had hoped for their first action was to do what? Give themselves to the Lord and to us just as God wanted them to do. So here goes the first point I want to I want to give for those who are freely give for those who give freely. I'm breaking this down a little bit more. And the first point is that they seek opportunities to bless others. So how do I know that I'm a free giver? How do I know that I'm free? Because I'm seeking opportunities to bless others. I'm not waiting for opportunities. I'm taking the initiative, and I'm seeking opportunities to bless others. All of this was a fruit of joy. When is the last time that you look for opportunities to work extra without pay? Can I get an amen? So that you can help your boss out. See, y'all, see, let me say this to you. When you hear a word, don't just hear it in one context. Hear it across the board. When is the last time you sought an opportunity? Watch this. Let me see if I want to say this. I will. When is the last time you sought an opportunity to bless your spouse without any strings attached? Just because. When is the last time you sought an opportunity to even bless your haters? Anyway, I, I forget them. The devil is a liar. But the Bible says they sought an opportunity. They sought an opportunity. They begged again and again to be able to give. How many of us are making a way in our life to be able to help others? Because this, the sign of joy is that you're looking for moments 
to be a blessing to other people. This past week, we had some women that came together. They kicked all the men out. Amen. One of the things they did is they made an opportunity to be a blessing to others. Because they collect the gifts, we're going to be giving them. I believe there's some people who are, in, who are homeless. We're going to be blessing them with gifts. What was this? This was an opportunity to be a blessing for other people. Amen. And, and in this day and time, sometimes we're so consumer-minded, all we want to do is take. What, here we go. What's in it for me? But the question is, what's, what's in it for them? And mind you, people of God, before we go off and say, but you don't know my situation. The Bible says they were tested with many troubles, and they were very poor. So their context was they were broke, and they were going through a jungle. They were struggling. I don't know what their troubles were. It could have been marital troubles. It could have been health troubles. It, it could have been the governmental troubles. I don't know what it was, but the Bible says in spite of that, they still sought opportunities to be a blessing to other people. Joy causes you to rise above your situation and still be a blessing to other people. I believe that's what made Jesus so special. Jesus was sitting down wearily and tired at the well, and there was a woman from Samaria who had been with five husbands, and the one she was living with wasn't even her husband, and he still sat down and used his energy to bring her into the kingdom. Y'all ain't talking to me. In his tired state. You know why I believe it? Because he had joy. Matter of fact, later on in that same chapter, John 4, he says, there is joy in the harvest. I believe when you have joy, you give regardless of your condition. Keep following Jesus. You go to Jesus on the cross. He's bleeding. He's hanging. Hours and hours, blood coming out of him. He's probably so weak. People are mocking him. Matter of fact, the guy beside him is mocking him. He's talking about him. He's saying, if you be the son of God, then he's he's saying whatever. And Jesus looks to a person on his other side. I want to say the left because I guess the left is the right side. I don't know. But he looks to me, says, today you'll be with me in paradise. Who are you seeking an opportunity to bless? Joyful people don't wait for opportunities. They seek opportunities. Say amen. Number two, they give freely without strings attached, as I've already said. They give, say they give freely without strings attached. They don't ask you what you're going to, you're going to scratch my back before I scratch your back. They don't ask that. They just scratch your back. Now, that's kind of gross, so make sure you're doing it to the right person. But, but you get my point. My, my point is they're not, they're not in it to try to see what they can get out of you. They're in it to see what they can give to you. Joyful people are looking to give out rather than to take in. Obviously, we need some in for us to give out. But the Bible says they had something in them, and that was called abundant joy. Say abundant joy. So they give freely without strings attached. Does there have to be a dollar amount connected to all of the work you do? Does there have to be, does there have to be an external reward, hallelujah, of a dollar? But we're going to give you 20 extra dollars. if You, you better give me if I'm going to stay after work. No. What, what, what happens when you say, I want to win that person to the Lord? I ain't getting no amens. Because y'all want to be, y'all like want to be on the highway like by 501. First of all, if you're on the highway by 501, you left work early. That ain't right. Because you get out at 5, you must have got out at 10 minutes early, then turned your phone and sent it to voicemail. Everything going to voicemail. Now, what, 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 what am I trying to say? I'm trying to say that, that when we're on our job, let's just this week, just let me give you a challenge. I'm going to give you a practical point. When somebody says, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, here it goes, here it goes, here it goes. When somebody who, who you know talks about you, have you ever found out people still talk about you even when you get older? And, and, and it just matures. You know, it really never changes from the playground. I mean, they talked about how short you were and how, you know, when you were on the playground when you were small or how you couldn't jump or run. But now they talk about how dumb you are when you get older, you know. You just, you just act like a four-year-old. I mean, you just do, why did they, they even hire you? You know, they ask questions like that, and, and they're sitting there talking to you. But you go and you find that person who's, who's just hating on you. Just, just make, I mean, you know, you know who that person, that's the person every time you walk by him, you feel something rise up about right here. Y'all ain't never had those people. Y'all so sanctified and holy. Jesus said, bless those who what? 
curse you. You're not going to be able to do that without joy. So you go and say, hey, you know what? What, what kind of meal? I'm going I'm to give you up to $20. You got to put an amount on it so they won't get too crazy. I'm going to bless you with a meal. I just want to give you $20 to go, to go buy your lunch today. And you know what the devil is saying? You stupid. You crazy. But here's the point. When your joy doesn't come from them, but it comes from him, you don't need them to do anything. You can give freely because your, your nourishment comes from him. So the issue is we're waiting on them to give us joy that only him can give. And that's why we keep holding back and saying, what you going to do for me? You ain't talking to me. What, how you going to make me feel good? Watch this. You don't wait for a compliment from them. You go out and give them a compliment. You say her hair looks nice even if she never says your hair look nice. You say they got a nice car even if you, they never say you got a nice car. You say your family is so beautiful even if they never say your family is beautiful. Why? Because you're looking for an opportunity to bless them when your joy, whatever your joy comes from, that's what you'll more than likely serve. That's what you'll go after. That's what you'll pursue. That's why our joy has to come from the Lord and not from money and not from things because it probably will make us a slave to it if our joy comes from it. Whoa, so what does that mean? So that means that this, 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 this Christmas holiday, who, 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 what family member am I going to look for to bless even though they betrayed me, even though they did me wrong? Y'all ain't talking to me today. When you have supernatural joy, you can give to people that are cutting you, that are hurting you. Jesus is on the cross hanging for people who are mocking him. I love Jesus never said, and, uh, and Father, this blood that I'm shedding, don't let it be applied to Judas. And, and don't let it be applied to this soldier who's, 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 who's right below me. And don't let it be applied to these people who are mocking me. Don't they know I'm the son of God? He never said that. You know what he did say? Father, forgive them. I believe you really only forgive when you have joy. He said, Father, the Bible says, for the joy set before him, he endured. Listen, he, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. But if you're waiting on people to give you joy, you're going to take all your life trying to forgive them. But when you realize that you don't even need them to be happy no more, you can freely release them. Why? Because my joy doesn't come from you. It comes from God. My joy doesn't come from money. It comes from God. You don't need to smile another day at me because my smile comes from God. As long as God is smiling at me, I can fulfill the will of God. Can I get an amen? Amen. Got that crazy smack. Why? And you know what happens? You, you, you get to a point where you're on your, you know, in job or wherever school, they say, why? You know what's a good compliment? When they say, why you got that crazy smile on your face? Because my joy don't come from you. Because if I was depending on you, I would never smile. Come on. Come on now. How many you know, if you, if you were depending on some people, you would always be angry. Especially sometimes family members. You, you. That's the problem with us singles. We, get in, we say, when I get married, I ain't going to never need joy from the Lord again. You're you going to be praying more than you ever prayed when you get. If I can just get married, I just, I'm, it's going to be happily ever after. That's a, that's a fairy tale. That ain't real life. Can I get an amen from the married couples? There's only one source of true joy. Amen. And that's Jesus. Everybody else, joy, they give it to you one day. The next day, they don't give it to you. I don't know. We talked about that Tuesday night. What are you, what are you believing for that's going to make you so happy? Because I'm going to tell you right now, it ain't going to probably make you that happy. If it's not God, it's not going to consistently make you happy. If I can just get some more money in the bank, I'll be happy. No, you won't. No, you won't. There are people that got money, and they're taking their lives. Somebody said, I want to try it. No. You, 
I think one of the worst, and I think I said this before, and I'm repeating myself. I know I'm going to get through this, but I think one of the worst, I think one of the, the most catastrophic things is that when, I used the big word, didn't I? Okay. One of the, <laughs> no, no pride, humble. Okay. So this, one of the things is that when you get everything you thought you needed, and you find out it's still not enough. That's how people get to 60, 70 years old, and they're, they're, they're the top money earner, maybe in their region or whatever, and they look back over their life, and they say, what was all that about? People still left me. People still betrayed me. My, my, my family still don't like me. I did all this stuff, and I'm still sad. Y'all know how depressing that is? Ecclesiastes 4, verse 8 talks about a man who did all this work, and he looked, he said, what am I doing all this work for? He said, this is meaningless and depressing because this, this, is, this is the problem. We're, we're looking for joy in the wrong places. But when your joy comes from him, you're able to give to someone if you never receive from them. You're able to give from them if you never receive from them. Who is God calling you in the season to give to, even if they never give back to you? Who, who, is God, who is God asking you, okay, who is God asking you to have a conversation with? Watch this, watch this. To have a conversation. I'm talking about one of those conversations that says, you know, when I did that 10 years ago to you, that was wrong. Please forgive me. I'm waiting for them to do it. No, 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 no. When your joy comes from him, if they never apologize, you're still satisfied in your soul. How many people are waiting for people to apologize before they release them? I gave you a word. Some of you are waiting for people to tell you, you are smart. You are successful. I apologize. I saw you the wrong way. You are a great person. What if they never do it? Who will your joy come from then? You see how powerful joy is? See, if I get my joy from him in the morning when I'm weeping and I'm praying and I'm saturating in his presence, it don't matter what y'all do. I'm, I love y'all, but it don't matter what y'all do. And There's so many believers. They live by the like on Instagram. Y'all ain't talking to me. They live by the shares on Facebook. God says, I can give you joy abundantly, inexpressible. So say we give freely. Come on, we give freely. We give freely. The Bible talks about 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7. It says, in the Amplified Version, go with me. It says, let each one give as he is what? And purposed in his what? Not what? Action neighbor say, are you dragging your feet? One of the signs of depression, I would say, is you're dragging your feet. One of the signs of joy is you got a pep in your step. It says, not reluctantly or sorrowfully, oh, here we go, or sorrowfully or what? Or under what? For God loves a what? He takes pleasure in, prizes above other things, and is unwilling to abandon or do without a what? Joyous. Say joyous. Prompt. What does prompt mean? To do it without delay. So it says, there's no delay, there's no drag, okay? And a giver whose what? Heart is in his giving. I'm about to close out this point, but I'll just give you an example, and I'll just give you in modern-day life, you know, I, I, I don't know about you, but this is the one of the telltale signs that we're struggling with joy in a particular area, is it takes us a long time to get up for it. Let me give you a specific example, some of us need five. How many of y'all got six alarm? Y'all ain't. No, let me stop. If you need the alarm to go off six times, that might be a sign you need joy in that area. Is this not getting right? It's getting to your alley. What are you dragging your feet about? Man, I got to take her out on the date. What? That's sorrowful. That's reluctant. Now, that don't mean you shouldn't still do it, but that means you might lack joy in that area. If you say, 
man, I got to go celebrate my kid's birthday. No, I know they're going to take all your money, but you should still be joyful. You the one, you the one who had them. You brought their little cute self. They look just like you. You can't deny them. Amen. If, no, if you don't celebrate them, who's going to celebrate them? They taking all my money. Well, you put all them taking all your money on the earth. Amen. <laughs> Have you ever heard parents complain? I know I'm not. You know, that, that, that dude take all my money. Well, you got together with so-and-so, and y'all put them on the earth. You were happy then, but now. So, so, but, but, but my point is. My point is, I'm going to get off the point. So my point is, what, what are you, what are you, what are you dragging your feet? Man, I got to lift my hands today. Brother Joe going to keep on telling you to praise him. I mean, what, what man, I got to tell her she looks nice today. That's your wife. You better be telling her she looks nice. Man, I gotta submit to him. He ain't but that good. He ain't but he's sorry anyway. Sorry, man. No, 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 no. Say no, 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 no. I gotta cook for him again. It's women power, you know. I mean, you. Just, well, what are you dragging your feet? Man, I gotta love my neighbor. What What are we dragging our feet on? Come on now. Is this not getting into our world? If, if we're struggling with this, we got to say, Lord, fill us up with joy. Fill us up with joy so that we won't be reluctant and we won't be sorrowful. And that's what happens. Here go unbelievers looking at us, and they say, you look just as sad as me. You look just as depressed as me. And you trying to win me to your depressed world? I'm not coming. I'm going to keep turning up at the party. But we got to learn how to tell the believers there is a party going on in the Holy Ghost. And there ain't no party like a Holy Ghost party. This joy kept me when my loved one died. This joy kept me when I didn't have money. Come on now. We trying to witness to somebody, but we just as sad as them. Somebody call you up. They say, man, I'm contemplating. No shape, no shape, no, no kind of, I mean, this is an example. They call you up and say, I mean, I'm thinking about taking my life. After they get done talking to you, they say, this is confirmation. I need to do it. The devil is a liar. <laughs> you shouldn't be adding on to their depression. When you come on a job, they say, oh, let's go the other way. I understand their spiritual warfare, but if they're saying it because you bring them down, we should be bringing joy. We should be telling people, yep, that happened. And on lunch break, we should be ministering to people, telling them, yep, that happened to you, but it's not over yet. There's hope in Jesus. Come on. We should be releasing vision to people. No, you can't hang in that marriage. And, and you know how we do that? We got to start telling them my story sometime. Say joy. When I'm joyful, I freely give. I freely give. I'm not dragging my feet. I'm not I'm kidding. <laughs> you don't even want to open up the door, you know, you, you, to, your, to your office. You're struggling. You're taking five minutes to open up the door. Go on in. You're already there. Come on now. Can I get an amen? And, they, and then you say, and you got Jesus is my homeboy on your T-shirt. They said, no, he ain't. He, you sad, brother. I don't want that. We should be some of the most happiest people in the face of the earth. Why? Because we have supernatural joy. Not natural joy. Come on, give a shout of praise to the Lord. So it's not just giving, it's freely giving. I don't need somebody to do something for me for me to give. If people are, if you're in a state now where you're having to be pricked and prime and you're having to listen to 10 motive, and I'm not showing shade, but I'm just showing you where you are. If you haven't listened to 10 motivational videos every day just to get started, if you have to drink three cups of coffee, and you have to do all of this stuff just to prick you and prom you. It's a sign maybe you're reluctantly living life. And, and it's almost like God is having to drag you around everywhere you go. But when you have joy, you have pep in your step. It never even says, and I'm not, it probably asked them, but 
they probably didn't need a lot of people to write letters to them and say, can y'all please give? Can y'all please give? Can y'all please give? They, they gave, in a sense, what they gave beyond even their hope. Paul even says it. They gave beyond what we even hoped for, what we even expected. They went over and beyond. Who are you blessing with your over and beyond self? Freely give. Number two. Number two. Number two. Say number two. <sighs> they have or I have a supernatural perspective. I have a supernatural perspective. Say supernatural perspective. Say supernatural perspective. Another way of saying this is spiritual perspective. Hebrews 10 verse 34 tells us something. It says, you suffered along with those who were thrown into jail, and when all you owned was, I read this last week, was taken from you, you accepted it with what? How could I accept this with joy? Because of the latter portion of this scripture. You knew there were better things waiting for you. You knew there were better things waiting for you. That will last forever. Look at what it says in James chapter 1, verse 2. James chapter 1, it says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles come your way, do what? Now, I want to be honest with you. If you hang around the wrong people, they're not going to consider it an opportunity for great joy. They're going to tell you you need to go off in a pit of depression. They, they're going to tell you you need to have a pity party. But your perspective is everything, I believe, when it comes to walking in joy. He says, consider it an opportunity for great joy when troubles come your way. Not good times, amen, ugly times, money looking funny, marriage looking funny, you lost someone in your family to death, someone just got diagnosed. Look at what it says, because it says, for you know, it doesn't stop there. Look at what it says, for you what? That when your faith is what? Your what? I believe that's a supernatural perspective. That means troubles aren't just coming my way. There's a purpose for my troubles. Are y'all with me? And because I know the purpose. Now, I'm not going to probably get this purpose from just hanging out in a human mindset. I got to go up higher to the spirit. Because the devil going to tell me, God hates you, God's left you, God's forgotten about you. But when you look at the Word, you realize, man, my faith has a chance to what? My faith, my, my faith, my faith is tested. Your endurance is actually your endurance has a chance to grow. So we realize this. Go with me. Uh, go with me really quickly. So we see in Luke 2, 6, verse 22, I have that scripture down there at the bottom, 6, verse 22, say perspective. It says, what blessings await you when... When people love you, when people like you, when people always give hugs to you, amen, and, and hate you. Lord, I didn't know that was a blessing when people hate me. I know that no blessing come my way when people hate me. He says this, and exclude you and mock you. That means they don't invite you to family functions. They exclude you and mock you and curse you as evil. Not because you're just crazy, but because you follow. <laughs> Sometimes people are doing that to you because you do stuff to them. They ain't, ain't got nothing to do with Jesus. A clarity point. Amen. It says, when that happens, be what? God, Jesus is telling us. He says, be happy. It's almost like a command. You need to, you need to be happy. Then he says, then he want to stop there. He says, yes, do what? Say, leap. Leap for joy. For why? Why, why do you need to do this? For Y'all see this perspective? How I see this. He says, you, you, need to be, you need to be joyful. Why? Because a great reward awaits you. In other words, you have greatness in your future. See, that's why prophecy, I said it before, I probably said it before, is so key because prophecy knows how to talk about the plans that he has for you, that they're good. And when you're blind, it's hard to have joy. When you can only see what's happening now, it's hard to have joy because, see, depression, what it'll do, it'll get you caught up in what's happening now rather than what's coming in the future. But somebody say, my future looks bright in Christ. Come on, tell them, say, my future looks bright in Christ. 
Come on, fill in that blank right there. Your future is bright in Christ, no matter your present. Amen. See, depression is all about what's happening right now. It hurts right now. It's, it, it's bad right now. But what's going to happen then? Y'all ain't talking to me. What's going to happen in the future? You need to get your eyes set on what's going to happen in the future because the future will help you in your present. Come on now. So, so, he, so he, said, he, said, he said their ancestors treated the ancient prophets that same way. Then he said, sorry, for a great reward awaits you in heaven and remember their ancestors treated the prophets that same what? In other words, in other words, you, you're not alone. Tell them, you're not alone. You, you, you're, not, you're not the only one. You're not the only one. Realize it is not personal. You are not the only one. God is not just trying to call you out and make a spectacle of, no, 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 you are not alone. Just read the story of Job and see how much you got to cry about. Tell them, you're not alone. But let me say, I believe the trick of the enemy to take our joy is to make us feel like we are the only one. That's why isolation, I believe, is the breeding ground for depression. Because if you're only submitting to your opinion, your counsel, you ain't hearing me, your ways of thinking, you'll be off on a road of depression so quick, and you won't have anybody to check you. That's why I believe the Bible even says in a multitude of counsel, not in, not, in, not in one person's counsel, but in a multitude of counsel, this person can check me and give me vision again. Come on now and tell me there are better things still in store for you. But the, he's talking about specifically in context, he's saying, and remember their ancestors treated the ancient prophets that same way because it's a lot of times in life where we can think like God. You know, and every generation thinks they're the worst generation. Everybody thinks, God, it wasn't like that back then. Oh, it wasn't? What about it ain't nothing new under the sun? Come on now. It's just so bad today. It's just, it's, just, it's just so crazy and so ridiculous. And Jesus does say sin will grow more rampant. But can I tell you, just like there was, there was same-sex stuff going on now, it's same-sex stuff going on back then. Come on. Just like people were murdering now, they're murdering back then. Come on now. It, it, the, the mess you see now, is, it, it came from back then. That's how I probably got here. Amen. But we all like to feel like, God, I'm just the only one. We're just the only generation I've ever experienced. We're just all alone. And I believe that is a trick of the enemy to get you all by yourself mentally. And listen, here goes the, here goes the kicker. You can be in a, in a room crowded with people and still feel alone. You, you, can be, you can be around people at your job and still be saying, do they know what I'm going through? Does anybody know? Nobody's ever went through the type of marital struggles that I've gone through. First of all, you haven't talked to everybody. You know what? Can I say this? Sometimes as believers, we fool people. You know why? Not intentionally, but we don't look like what we've been through all the time. And it speaks of the goodness of God. And, and we rejoice because I don't smell like smoke and I don't smell like fire. Come on now. Are y'all with me? I don't have any scratches on me from lions in the lion's den. I mean, it's the goodness and the grace of God that he preserved me, that he kept me. Come on now. It's the goodness of God that I look as good as I do right now, that I'm still in my right mind, and I still have peace in my heart. I still have joy in my heart. It's the goodness of God that I still was able to pay my bills. I know I wasn't locked up in a psychiatric ward, but it was the goodness of God that kept me and that preserved me and that protected me. I know I don't look like what I've been through, but that doesn't mean I haven't been through anything. It's the grace of God. So don't get it twisted. It's the grace of God. It's the grace of God. Don't get it twisted. 
And so that's sometimes, it's a good problem, but that's what we have. Because people look at us smiling, and they see our, they see our suits on, and, our, and, our, and our, they smell our cologne. They say, oh, they smell good. And they see us walking around, and they see us taking pretty Christmas pictures, smiling. But they, 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 they see us, they see us pull up with our shiny cars, and they, and they see us pull up with our shiny rims and our shiny tires, but they don't see the days where we were struggling in the unemployment line. They don't see those days. They don't see how God made a way out of no way. They don't see how God caused the, caused the way to be made in the midst of the Red Sea. They don't see how God created an opportunity for us to prosper. And that's why, like what I said last week, you got to keep a testimony in your back pocket. Because, because people, they don't need to just hear the good. They need to hear the good, the bad, and the ugly. They need to hear you say, I was about to kill them. Y'all ain't talking to me. They need to hear you, but God kept me. Amen. <laughs> they need to hear you say stuff like that. They need to hear you say that. They need to, they need to, hear, they need to hear, like in David, that you killed a woman's husband and you slept with her. But God still calls you, allowed his son to be called the son of David. Come on now. How God still graced you to even be connected to his son. After all the mess that you did, God's grace still allowed you. Come on. We, we need, we need the good, yes, because we need to have a good end. My dad said, don't let me watch a movie if it ends on a bad note. Amen. We need to have a good ending, but you need to tell me some of that bad and ugly stuff too. Because if you just see Superman winning the whole time, that get boring. You need to see where Superman looks like he's about to die. Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about? Y'all ain't like no cartoons unless it look like somebody about to die. We'll be right back. You know, that's what you wanted to see. And you got, you got your popcorn. You said, y'all got to get back because they about to. And, and, and you got back and you found out they always make it out. But you want to see how they made it out. Come on now. You want to see how they made it out. Every once in a while, you need to tell them, yeah, we, we used to cuss each other out all the time. But then God started cleaning up our mouth better than soap ever could. Yeah, I was struggling with that addiction, but God set me free. You got to get around testimonies of what God has done for people. And, it's, and we're not careful. And this season of talking about joy will move into depression. We just keep getting around people who said, well, it didn't work out like that for me. Nope, the devil is a liar. Just because your story happened the way it happened don't mean my story has to happen that way. I want to get around people where God is doing some things. And look, to be honest, if they really look at their life, they'll probably still find some good in it, as bitter as they are. Thank God I have breath in my body. Amen. Thank God I haven't lost my mind. We get so frustrated saying, God, you didn't give me the house. We, we in our house talking about, God, you didn't give me the house that I wanted. When the other people don't even have houses. What's your perspective? I liken it to, y'all remember, y'all remember back in the day when you used to take tests? Y'all remember that? Even now when you take tests. You know, it's very interesting We'll take the test. I've used this example before, but I'll use it again. You take the test. Everybody takes the test. Two days later, the teacher gives back the test. Johnny, sit down. Give me the test. You know, tell people to sit down. Here. You know, she gives out the test. She folds it up so nobody can see it. Keep it confidential. That's an anointing, right? They can still see that red. They can still see the red through the other side. It ain't the blood either. Amen. The blood covers all. No, bro. You... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Cover it up. And then sometimes it drops. Oh, and you know, you look around. And it's all this is my nosy looking over your shoulder. Isn't that right? Look at your test. Don't look at my test. And you look in the. <laughs> boy, that, boy, you see that? <laughs> <laughs> you try to look at it from the right perspective like I just taught on. You say, that means faith. No, it don't. That means favor. No, it don't. <laughs> and they, they shouldn't have used all, they shouldn't have made it so big. Wasn't that wrong? They made it, I mean, you covered up my whole page with a with an F. If some of you didn't get it, that's what I was saying. 
So you, you're looking at it, and you say, and you know what you do? You struggle for a while. You say, man, <laughs> you start crying. I, how many new people used to start crying when they got bad test grades? They just thought, I ain't never cry. I ain't never cry because God gave me joy. Amen. But, the, but nah, it was probably another reason. But so I, I got close. So they, they looking at it and say, hmm. And say, hmm. I say, yeah, I did bad. But you know what y'all do? It ain't right. But you know what you do? Y'all go to recess. First of all, you put yours deep, deep, deep in your book bag so nobody can see it. You go to recess. And you start talking. You know what you're talking about? What you get on your test? You got a, oh, I can't talk to you. You got a 90? Oh, I can't talk to you. Yeah, that test was hard. I used to, do, and I didn't like the people who made it seem like it was so hard that they just passed. They would talk to you like they were, oh, this is just, I didn't know what I was doing. on it. And you got 800. Shut up! I'm sorry. That was my flesh. How many know people like that? They always act like they didn't do good, and they do better than anybody in the class. They need to get delivered, man. That false humility. <clears throat> so anyway, there you go. You go on and you say, hey, man, <clears throat> what you get? I got, I got, I got an 80. Hey, Amen. And you say, I can't talk to you either. You say, what did you get? And they say, I got I to gotta see because God is for me. And you say, okay, I, I need to go. Then they say, what you get? And you got I got a D. I might be able to talk to him, but I'm going to be back. But the other person say, man, I just, man, man, that test was crazy, man. I got, she should have gave me double F. You say, well, at least I got one F. Hallelujah. What, what, what happened? You had to look for somebody else that was going through just like you. When you found out you weren't the only one, you found out it wasn't so bad. See, you got to learn how to look for people, come on now, in your life that's been through this type of stuff you've been through. But God still brought them out because what you'll find out is that you're not the only one. And their testimony will give you grace to go through your test. You ain't talking to me. Their testimony will give you grace to go through their test. And so the, and so the Bible, so Jesus said, listen, listen, guys, hey, rejoice. Why? Because there are other people that were persecuted just like you are. In other words, they got the same test score. You're not alone. I remember years ago, there was a man, a man that his, uh, he had a wife, and he was young, and he was a very powerful minister. And I remember people, I mean, his, he was, I mean, they were, I mean, they were crushing youth ministry. I mean, they were known around the world for, for around, the, around the nation, at least for, for youth ministry. And he was a man of faith and power. And I remember, I remember his wife got diagnosed with cancer. And young woman... They were vibrant. He was actually struggling with a physical illness himself, but God was bringing him out and taking him through and helping him to the door. And his wife had got hit with this thing called cancer. Y'all know cancer is something. Amen. They hate that. We hate that C word. And so they, she got diagnosed with cancer. And, you know, they were praying and different things of that nature. And they got to a place where they would have, like, prayer meetings for her. And you could stream in because, I mean, people, and people, I guess, were streaming in and different things of that nature. And we did all that. People did all that prayer. By the way, this man was very, he encouraged me in youth ministry and when I was a youth pastor. But all that, all that's great. La, 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 la. But then all of a sudden, a message came out. She died after all that prayer. And I looked, and I, I, probably about two months later, I went to a conference after his wife had died, and I saw how he still had energy to keep going. And I believe that that did something for me because I didn't know that about four or five years later, my dad would die after people were praying for him. But I was able to eat. I believe, I've been just saying, I was able to eat off of his testimony to see I wasn't the only one who prayed for somebody and they died. Now, because of his testimony, I can endure my test. And that's what believers should be. We should be open and transparent enough that somebody can eat off of our testimony to get through their test. But if we keep all our stories to ourselves, who will benefit? And so now I know many of the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivered them out of them all. Number three, I am a praiser. Number three, I'm a praiser. And I got to close. Number three, I'm a praiser. When you have joy, 
you pray. Say, you praise. <coughs> now, there's one thing the devil ain't going to never do. He never going to stop me from eating. I'm going to eat. Say, I'm going to eat. That's one thing I won't stop doing. Unless God call me on a fast, I will eat to the day I, I breathe my last breath. Amen. Matter of fact, I might have my kids because I declare they're going to all be around me and my family and everybody. I'm like, give me some barbecue chicken. Amen. Before this chariot come and take me. Amen. Or I go up in a rapture. Either one. You know, it'll be good. But, 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 but I'm going to eat and I'm going to sleep. Say, I'm going to sleep. Now, some of you might be having sleeping problems, but I declare that thing is broken right now in Jesus' name. You're going to sleep so well that if God allow, you're going to slobber. Amen. <laughs> Mess up your pillow. That's some good sleep. Amen. So, I ain't going to stop eating. I ain't going to stop sleeping. But the other thing I ain't going to stop, I'm not going to stop praising. I'm not. I'm not. Tell your name, I'm not. I'm just, I'm, I'm not. I, I'm, I'm, I'm like Paul and Silas. I can be locked up, but I'm still, you ain't going to lock up my praise. I might be locked up physically in this situation, but you will, the devil will never put my praise on lock. The Bible says, let everything that have breath praise the Lord. I, 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 I'll praise him. I might have one foot left, but I'll praise him. Amen. I, I, I might have just got to die, but I'll praise him even in the midst of the diagnosis. Come on. I'll praise him right in the doctor's office. They'll say, you know what? I see some hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And you know what I believe that does? It confuses the mess out of the devil. That person acting crazy at the job. Y'all know that person? We already talked about them. That person acting crazy, you need to go close your door and say, hey, I'm going to holler at you later. Praise is what I do when I want to be. They say, what is he doing? And they'll maybe start getting mad because you happy. You ever seen somebody get mad because you start getting happy? Oh, you need to get mad at me. They don't got anybody to be mad with. Hallelujah. Glory to God. My wife just said that to me. That hurt me. I don't even feel like a man anymore. Hallelujah. <laughs> We love you, Jesus. We lift you up. We glorify you. Somebody said, I need to lose some weight. Lord, I thank you. <laughs> you done picked up some weight, yeah. Uh, and you, when you think about things, that's wrong. Hallelujah. You picked up some weight, too. I ain't saying that. Changing your pictures on Instagram. And, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Worthy, worthy. I have to learn how to rise. I have to rise because when I praise him, I believe his presence comes. And when his presence comes, I get high. Y'all ain't talking to me. And when I get high, I'm able to look down. And what used to look so big now can look smaller. Y'all ain't talking to me. The Bible says, come, let us magnify the Lord. What do I believe? That means make him bigger to you. Things look real big if you think God is real small. But if you make him bigger, in, in, in comparison, you say, oh, that ain't so big after all. Can I do this? Stop, 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 stop talking to God about all your problems and start telling your problems about your God. Because greater is he that is in you, come on, than he that is in the world. Say praise. Psalms 9, I got to go. Psalms 9. Go with that scripture. Is the scripture I have on there? The scripture, Psalms 9, whatever the scripture is. I don't know. 9 and 2, verse 2. Amen. That's a good scripture, too, but we're moving on. Amen. 9, verse 2. Psalms 9, verse 2. Let me go on and read it then. Amen. Praise is what I do when I want to be close. Y'all don't know that song. I vow to praise you through the good, through the good and the bad. I vow to praise you, whether happy or sad. You got to declare that. I vow to praise you in all that I go through, because praise is what I do. Because I owe it. Because I owe oh. Come on, we sound like an old school church up in here singing like that. Amen. Psalm 9, verse 2. What does it say? Come on. It says, I will be filled with joy. Because of my paycheck? No, because of you. And then he says, I will sing praises to your name. I believe 
I believe when we're full of joy, we're going to have some praise in our hearts. And since I will sing praises to your name, oh, most high. Look at what it says in Psalms 5, verse 11. Come on, a couple chapters right before it. Hope you're getting something out of this on today. It says, but, but, but let all who take refuge in you, what? Rejoice. Let them sing joyful praises forever. I believe joy is connected to praise. Hallelujah. Say, never, never get your praise back. Lastly, number four, I am satisfied. I am satisfied. Psalms 90, verse 14. I am satisfied. I believe when we have joy, we are content. It says, satisfy us each morning with your what? So we may sing for what? To the end of our life. See, satisfaction is connected to joy. Satisfaction is connected to joy. Satisfaction is connected to joy. This satisfaction, I believe, is connected to depression. And so, can I ask you a question? Are you satisfied in him? Because if you're not, that will be probably one of the most depressing things. I look at how Ecclesiastes 4 verse 8 says in the KJV, it says, his eye is never satisfied for riches. And there are some things that all of us, if we're not careful, will look to in order to satisfy us. But if it's not him, if it's not him, it will come and it will go. And some of us might even find our life, find ourselves saying this, it's just so boring. Everything we do is boring. Have you ever found people, nothing can make them happy. Nothing can excite them. They can be at Disney World. They'll still find something wrong with it. How can you find something wrong at Disney World? That's the Mickey Mouse. They get on a plane in first class. They got their own restroom, personal restroom on the plane. No. And they say, this restroom is just dirty. You got your own restroom. What are you talking about? People who are discontent, I believe, are very depressed people. They have, they're, they're pointed, even if they're not, they're pointed. They call, I'm just a perfectionist. No, you're not. You have a hole. You have a leak. And the truth be told, you're really not going to get that thing totally filled up and stay full until you get God's presence on the inside of you. You can search all over, but still find nothing that will satisfy. You will find nothing that will really be able to scratch that itch. You'll be like, uh, uh, uh. I said, why do you always look angry? Your kids come back with straight A's, and you say you should have added A pluses. Always pushing for something further. Because it's hard to be satisfied when you don't have his presence. You can have your whole family wrapped around you, have gifts, gifts wrapped around a tree. You have so many gifts, you need a whole room just for gifts. You can have a whole room just for gifts and still be complaining. Why? Because you have a hole. I want to get out. I need just I need just a couple of days of rest. I need I've been working too hard. Snow comes. You get at your house. You start complaining about being at the house. If I don't get out of this house in the next day or so, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna hit somebody. See, that's wrong. You know why? Because you become dissatisfied even on vacation. Because nothing really satisfies us but him. Come on, stand up on your feet and give a shout of praise. Hallelujah. 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 Joy is an attitude. It's a perspective. It comes from being able to look at my situation from the lens of God. 
Bible says his thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. Higher. I know you're going through rough situations, but the joy of the Lord be your strength. The joy of the Lord be your strength. The joy of the Lord pull you out of your pit today. Some of us maybe have walked in this room and we're stuck. We're dragging our feet in life. Nothing motivates us. Nothing can inspire us. We're like dry bones. We think everything is finished. We think it's all over. But I've come to serve you notice that with God, anything is possible. With God, come on, anything is possible. With God, anything is possible. Come on, I'm going to say it again. With God, anything is possible. With God, anything is possible. Every head bow, every eye closed. If you're in here today, you say, Pastor Josh, I need that joy. I need that joy. I need that joy. More importantly, I need to make Jesus my Lord, my ruler. I've fallen away from him, and I need to rededicate my life to him. If you notice in that scripture, 2 Corinthians 8, it says that they first gave themselves to the Lord. They first gave themselves to the Lord. They committed to the Lord. It's hard to have abundant joy if you're in rebellion to Jesus. God loves you so much. He wants the best for you. So today, you might have walked in this room and you've been running from submission. Maybe, maybe it was a life tragedy that hit you, that threw you off course, that caused you to say, forget God. This is your opportunity. I'm going to count to three. As I count to three, if you need prayer, you want me to pray with you, pray for you. Just, just, just raise your hand. I'll pray, with you, pray for you. One. That's you. Get ready. Two, that's you. Get ready. Three, slip your hand up if that's you. You say, I need prayer. Pray with me. Pray for me. Slip it up high. I see that hand. Is there anybody else? I see that hand. Somebody else? Raise your hand. Anybody else? Say, I need prayer. I need you to pray with me. Pray for me. Hallelujah. God has a plan for your life. Father, we just thank you right now. We rededicate ourselves to you. We recommit ourselves to your plan to your assignment. Lord, we thank you right now for joy unspeakable and full of glory. We thank you that there's great joy for those who have been forgiven of their sins. Lord, we ask you to cleanse us from any sin that would try to keep us back from your best, Lord. We believe, Jesus, you took our place 2,000 years ago, and we declare because of you we can have abundant life, and we can have abundant joy, Lord, and we receive it right now in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, everybody say amen. Come on, say amen, and give a shout of praise. Give a shout of praise. Come on, give a shout of praise. Hallelujah! Woo! Thank you for tuning in to this week's show. Were you empowered to become a team player? Let us know. Connect with us on social media, on Twitter and Instagram at Triad Christian. Facebook, Triad Christian Center. And you can also visit our website, triadchristiancenter.org. We look forward to hearing from you and invite you back next week to The Movement Podcast.